0: Before we begin, I'd just like to remind you that this episode is also available as a video. So if you'd like to check out myself and Andy in all our, uh, glory, then head over to youtube.com forward slash at Pottywood. Hello everybody, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Pottywood. I am dropping that accent because I can't keep it up for too long. I am one of your co-hosts, Steve Hester. And joining me, as always, on the other side of the screen is... Well, we've heard
1: you can't keep it up that long. But other than that, I am Andrew Roger and I am the other co-host. Glad to be back here for yet another week and a very special week. Because, for those of you who tuned in last week, you witnessed at the end of the show we did What's in a Box yet again. We pulled out mm-hmm. two movies, Wedding Crashes and Back to the Beach. And this is very special because one of our regular guests that comes on is Tommy Hinckley. Who's one of the stars of Back to the Beach? So, Tommy, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing good,
2: fellas. How are you guys?
0: We're good. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your schedule to come and talk to us. This is great. It's great seeing you. Right on, right on, <laughs> dude. <laughs> so
1: So, uh, now that we've have uh, Tommy crashing the show, I think it's time to jump into the first of what's in the box from last week, Steve. And that would be 2005's Wedding Crashes.
0: Wedding Crashes, Owen Wilson and uh, Vince Vaughn. For some reason, I wanted to say Luke Vaughn, but that's... Uh, <laughs> that's Luke Wilson and Vince Vaughn, yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's, well, it's a story about two guys that spend the entirety of their summer flitting from one wedding to the next, completely uninvited, looking to score both free food and loose women and everything comes to a head where they crash one wedding too many and they end up falling in love or <laughs> at least in Owen oh, Wilson's case Vince Vaughn ends up falling in something else entirely different it's a very very nicely shot, um, nicely paced well acted funny film uh, from the early 2000s uh, in the similar vein of what you'd find things such as uh Zoolander or Dodgeball or or anything really which had Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller, uh Will Farrell. It's if you've seen one of those movies, you'll know the kind of tone that he's going for. Or raunchy sex jokes with uh, with a heart and you know that there's gonna be a love story in there and everyone's gonna be coming towards it together at the end and everyone's gonna be lovely and and happy and because of that. And in spite of the fact that he does have some pretty funny moments, um, i got to admit, I thought it was
1: rather predictable. That, that, that's actually surprising, because I watched it again this week as well, and when I was watching it, I was like, this just feels like Meet the Parents with boobs. Hmm. Lots of boobs. <laughs> There's a lot of boobs. A lot of boobs. A and lot of boobs. anybody puts it in the comments, no, that was not Isla Fisher nude. She had a body double for that scene.
2: Oh, man.
1: I know. You're disappointed now, aren't you? She wasn't averse to doing the nudity, but Mm. apparently in the original version of the script, she was like nearly nude in nearly every single scene. And she just said, well, (laughs) the comedy is just lost with that character if she's always completely
0: nude, which is a good way of putting it.
2: Yeah, good point too. too.
0: It is. Uh, No, definitely. I I agree. You've you've got to have that delineation because if you don't, then you do end up with just you're not acting then you've just been reduced to a pair of boobs uh-huh. <laughs> and and you know boobs are great don't get me wrong but unless you're actually watching pornography and actual pornography is available for anybody else who's interested you're not going to get anything else out of it
2: i actually uh had met uh isla fisher once at a party Ooh. and you know isla is not the most common name and uh And so when I met her, uh, I said, and and how do you, uh, how do you pronounce your name? And she paused and she gave me like this look like you're kidding. Right. And then she saw that I wasn't. And then she goes, Isla, like Island. And I felt like the biggest dumbass ever. And I went, (laughs) oh. Yeah, of course. Do you need anything to drink? I'm going to go get something for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was
2: I mean, the just, start of my just drinking a common, That's just not a common name, and you don't see it, just those four letters by itself. Funnily mm. oh, you
0: know? enough, I do actually have um, uh, a very, very good friend of mine. His wife is called Isla. Mm. So, Actually, while you're here, hi, Isla. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: film... Has the pairing of Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, who went and did pretty much nearly enough the exact same movie with the internship, yeah.
0: <laughs> which was the the Google movie. Um, it also starred Gru from Despicable Me. Yes, yes, it did. Ooh. It did. Um, no, I mean Wedding crashes. Gru, grew, grew, grew. Yeah, the son, the son of the. Of, oh uh, the, God, he's yes. Dressed, he's dressed there in a black suit with a long black and grey scarf on. At one point, and it just, oh. I just looked at my <laughs> partner, and went, "That's Grew." <laughs> uh, a lot of
1: people say that this is kind of the, the best performances that Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn did. Um, I don't believe that. Uh, I think Owen Wilson, for me, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums was probably the best thing he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Vince Vaughan, I was a big fan of The Breakup, the one he did with Jennifer Aniston. I thought he probably did his best work in that. Um, and obviously, this movie has Rachel McAdams as well. Yeah. Or as I commonly know it, Abby's favorite. <laughs> sure. Abby will love that one. Um, <laughs> obviously, from The Notebook. I've not seen it and I get scowled at because I have still not seen The Notebook. It's yeah. not
2: I something heard-
0: I'm rushing out to see. Sorry, neither we. we we are the not seeing the notebook club. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh let's also praise the fact here that this was a very early role for Bradley Cooper. Yeah, and Ooh. doesn't he look fresh faced? He wow. does. And this is something I wanted to bring up because apparently Bradley Cooper was hired during his audition. And I wanted to bring this up with Tommy, exactly how rare is it? That someone actually
2: gets hired during their audition. Uh, yeah, I would I would imagine that's pretty rare. Um I'm not a casting director, so I I, I can't speak uh, to, to just how actually rare it is factually, but uh I have really never heard of that because uh, you know, you have obligations to you now, unless he happened to be time-wise, it just timed out he was the last actor they were to see. And he nailed it and they could just go, okay, look at you are you are the best we've seen. We don't have anybody else scheduled to parts yours. But that's wise because they're still very often scheduled to see uh more people and uh and maybe even of some note. So to to tell somebody that the, the part's theirs and then have somebody come in and blow their doors off, you know, the next day. Um, yeah, that, that would that would create uh, uh a huge mess. So yeah, I think I would imagine that's pretty rare.
1: Well, can we just say that? Is this the hottest Jane Seymour has ever been?
2: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Uh, this is just uh, every time I see her, as, as, and she's getting older and older every year, but you cannot tell. It looks like she's just getting younger and younger every year. But in this movie, it's probably the most daring. And the yeah, fact that Rowan Wilson about... actually had to cup her breast, bare breasts for an entire scene it's and look so uncomfortable hard doing job. it. a job. It really is. <laughs>
2: uh so as well it's been a while since i've seen it uh i think probably since it came out uh, wedding crashers but what was that like i can't remember christopher walken and jane seymour because christopher walken if i remember correctly is actually very tall
0: mm-hmm. and yes. then
2: on the other side jane seymour very very um, small
0: i think most of the shots that they're in together they're both sitting down Oh, okay. that's true. I or or one of them sitting down while the other one's kind of standing in the foreground or something like that. There's, I don't honestly remember there was a single scene where the two of them were stood side by side.
2: Yeah, I I, I wonder yeah. if that was on purpose, and I'll and I'll bet it was. Instead of you know asking someone of her stature, and by the way, yes, yeah, she does get I think sexier and hotter as she gets older. But <laughs> you know, someone of her of her stature to ask her to get on a on an apple box on a box, no, yeah, no. I think would be a little uh, off putting. So they're just like, well, let's just shoot her. You know, yeah, a
0: bit, a bit of false perspective, like in Lord <laughs> of the Rings, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Uh,
1: I I mention a link here, actually, between Walken and uh, Seymour. They're two of the most memorable James Bond characters. Yes.
0: Of Solitaire and Zoran. That's it. That's it, Solitaire. I was trying to remember, yeah, Yeah, from uh, Live and Let Die.
1: I can say this movie um, did get a little bit of infamy when it was released. Uh, This movie goes on record, says getting complaints from U.S. Congress. Do you know why?
0: Why? of boobs.
1: (laughs) No. uh, It got complaints from U.S. Congress due to the whole Purple Heart thing, whereas Ah. uh, they used the Purple Heart as a badge of honour to nail women. And around the time there was a federal law uh, that was passed called the Stolen Valour Act, Uh, basically... Any, there's a federal law against displaying uh, medals and things like that if it's a false display. Mm.
0: Right.
1: So, this did raise the ire of a lot of veterans groups in the US. Yeah. But they still released the movie anyway. And yeah. it was a huge hit, an absolutely yes. huge hit. And today, here's the surprising thing it's for everywhere you everywhere at the time The Wedding Crashes is still the sixth. Highest grossing movie ever from New Line Cinema. Wow. Right,
0: I'm guessing The Lord of the Rings is like... The
1: first three, Lord of the Rings. Thank
0: you. Uh... What are the other two, do you reckon? Oh, God, what what would be... They're both sequels. I'll put it that way. Both sequels. Not one of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. No. No.
1: Okay. Uh, so the Lord of the Rings ones are the top grossing for New Line. Okay. So one, two, and three. Uh, then it would be Rush Hour Two. Okay. And in fifth place is Austin Powers in Gold Member. Really? Gold Member? Yes. Gold higher. Member. God, that was the worst one. Moving <laughs> <laughs> on to our second movie now. And the reason, obviously, uh, main reason why our guest is with us. This would be going all the way back to 1987 with Paramount Pictures, Back to the Beach. Now, in speaking with Tommy this week and when I asked him to come on, amazingly enough, he's been asked to do quite a few things on Back to the Beach podcast recently. This movie has really really started to uh, be rediscovered, Uh, strangely enough. It it, it seems to have you only did a podcast the other day, I believe. On Yeah, last week. Last week. Oh, my God. (laughs)
0: Is, is this the universe kind of telling you yeah. something are, are you going to be doing back to back to the beach
2: yeah uh yeah and i actually just uh only just uh last october this last october a few months ago uh re got in touch with uh lori Lachlan, who played oh. sandy in back to the beach
0: all wow. right yeah there were signs from the universe going on here
2: that's <laughs> what i'm saying there
0: really is
2: Back to the beach, too! What's so? yeah. up?
1: <laughs> well, this is the best thing now, because Steve, the, the part of his watching the box, he has to give a fully unbiased opinion whether he liked the movie or didn't. So yeah. uh, this adds an extra level of discomfort for him if he really didn't like
0: this movie. So. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, well. I, I always say, regardless of of what movie it is that comes out. I always try and give it as honest an appraisal as possible. Some movies I'm gonna like, some I'm not gonna like, some I'm gonna be kind of indifferent about. It's just you know, we we're human beings, we've all got individual tastes. Um, so yeah, I came at this it was just like I do with all the other ones with just a fresh mind. Um
2: and don't I, don't you dare be indifferent. Don't be indifferent. <laughs>
0: Okay, I need to be very, very careful in how I phrase this because it's going to make <laughs> me sound incredibly stupid. But I didn't get it. Not that I didn't understand it, but I didn't get it. And I think the main difference is... Um, okay, let's let's just get the plot out of the way with first of all. You've got a, a middle-aged couple uh, played by um, Frankie Vaughan and Annette. Like, I'm going to butcher her surname. <laughs> Frankie Avalon, you <laughs> douche. Yeah, i knew i'd do that i knew i would do that all week i've been saying no it's not frank
1: we're, we're on a ro- wild ride for this one already so uh, andrew movies.
2: andrew he didn't even watch the movie we know that now no i didn't know did. this and annette i ca- Funi- is that how you pronounce the surname yeah fun- funny cello no funicello yes funny <laughs>
0: yeah um, and there are there are a couple who have just got into this rut in the middle of uh in the middle of the Midwest and all their youthful days of spending their time on the beach and going to parties and just chilling out and surfing and all the rest of it is a distant memory. Until one day, on a layover in LA, visiting their daughter, who just happens to have an amazing boyfriend, um <laughs> They start to rediscover their joy of being close to the sea and the the youthful fun which they lost. So in terms of an actual plot, it's real easy to follow.
2: Buckle up and go <laughs> to me and bumpy one.
0: In terms of understanding it, it's it's difficult because there are a lot of touchstones in there which for me in particular you needed to have the reference points for. You you it felt like you needed to have seen more of those earlier movies, like Beach Blanket Bingo or or Muscle Beach Party, Muscle Beach Party, or all those other films that uh, that they were in to kind of get most of the references. And there's also a lot of stuff in there which not necessarily translates across the pond because we didn't get the same kind of shows like for example um i knew that there was uh the guy from gillingham's island but i've never seen gillingham's island it was never something which really came out over here so i didn't really get the references because of that i knew who he was i knew what the show was but in terms of the the individual clues it's not really kind of there not to say that i didn't enjoy it
2: i'm still me. not sure that you actually have seen the movie
0: <laughs> i did I did. And I, and I want to ask you right now, did you do your own stunt when you got chucked out of the window?
2: No, I didn't. And I was really uh, I mean, I wasn't like mad or anything, but it was so disappointing because it was something that I was actually looking forward uh, to doing and something that I could do. I'm an athlete. And uh, and they were like, no, absolutely not for insurance purposes. Uh, if you get remotely injured, then we're screwed. And uh, so I understood it. But I really wanted to do it. But no, yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> I know. Yeah, also, you know, uh, because I didn't surf either, um, they had to get footage of me surfing. And uh, and so they took, and because I didn't surf, uh, only, and by the way, I was learning to surf because I grew up in San Diego and a friend was teaching me on the second day he was teaching me, Jaws came out
0: oh man
2: never never went out again didn't go out again and so never learned how to surf and so they hired my stunt double to surf and they flew him to hawaii to get him <laughs> wow. surf. yeah
0: yeah you you i will say this though you were in you look like you're in great shape for that role were you training a lot for it or was it was that just you at the time
2: no that was just me looking good uh (laughs) I will say though that um you know I was only I had just moved there from New York uh city just uh, a few months before and so I was pretty pale my whole body was pretty white and so every day that I went to work they had to cover me head to toe with makeup and so that was something I had to sit through every day uh, in your underwear. And they're just caking it on. And then also I had to shave my chest all the time. And uh, and that was a pain. I tried the Nair thing, you know, that just makes it tang off. And then that yeah. was like a rash. And then that was a nightmare to cover up. And then, you know, it, it, it was just
0: when it grows back as well. doesn't? Yes.
2: It? Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: It was kind of instigated by Frankie Avalon, uh, as, <laughs> as far as I know. So are you Frankie Vaughn? not frankie Vaughan, no okay. although stevie ray Vaughan shows up later yes <laughs> he does he yes does. I'll, I'll bring that up uh so um obviously they want to bring back uh, the beach movie so it was kind of a throwback to uh those earlier movies uh it would be directed by lyndall hobbs which i believe was her first movie
2: mm-hmm. and we're still friends we still um we still get together and um, you know, her, I've stayed in touch with her daughter, uh, Lola, Lola Rose, who, uh, who was played the punk baby in, uh, in back <laughs> of the beach. That was Lyndall's daughter.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Those punks, they were very eighties. Weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Everything
2: yeah. The surfing was... punks. Yeah. They were oh, great. You know, Joe Holland, uh, who played Zed you know, he passed away. Uh, he died very young. One of those just horrible, uh, aneurysm things. Mm. Um, I can't remember exactly how specific, what specifically it was, but yeah, he died, I think in 94. Uh, he was fantastic as Zed. I mean, really between, uh, you know, him and, 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 and Bobby, uh, Damien Slade, uh, I mean, they they practically were were stealing. I thought the, uh, the the scenes that they were in for sure. Yeah,
1: I think many people here in the UK, as you as you say, Steve, um, were not really attuned to the beach movies and stuff like that. I think most people would know Frankie Avalon from Greece, if anything. Yeah,
0: you know, yeah, the beauty and, school and, dropout scene.
1: Yeah, fabulous in Greece. Uh, I knew uh, Annette Finicello. I'll say it quickly. <laughs> Whereas I had actually seen some of these surfing movies kind of growing up, especially Muscle Beach Party, which is probably one of the best ones she was in. Uh, and obviously, as you mentioned earlier, Lori Loughlin. Um Fantastic in Summerland, if any people have seen Summerland, she's amazing in it. Ooh. And of course, our man, Tommy Hinkley, who's uh, mm-hmm. fantastic in... Uh, he's a real stand-up in Men at Work, and he's a real fall-on in
0: Star Trek Generations. yes yes if you don't Uh, know what we're listening to then go and listen to his episode which the number is down on the screen somewhere trust me it's a brilliant story
2: but i have to tell you on on back to the beach i can't remember if i said this in the other one um about laurie laughlin's uh fiance when he'd show up did we talk about I, i can't remember this one go ahead so he was a, a big financial dude uh, for like Shearson Lehman or somebody big in New York. And because she, she's from New York, she, she grew up in Long Island. And um, and so he would come out, he would fly out and visit from time to time on the set. So I had the crew uh, let me know whenever he, was, whenever he was on the set. And so then I would make a point to let him get settled in and then I would come and knock on her door of our dressing room, and I go, uh, hey Lori, uh it's Tommy. Do you want to work on our makeout scene? And then there'd be a little pause, and you'd go, Very funny, Tommy. Ha ha. I go, Hey Michael, welcome to the set.
0: <laughs> At least you went going, Hey Michael, do you want to work on our makeout scene? <laughs> <laughs> well, as I understand it. Um
1: um Frankie uh, Avalon couldn't go by the name of Frankie Avalon during this movie. he actually go by the name of uh, The Big Kahuna. As I understand and it, that's it
0: husband, yeah
1: And that's husband, yes. And, and I believe this was down to rights issues with those earlier studio beach movies yeah. uh, as a character name. So...
2: Yeah, that was interesting because the thing is, is that, and it was funny because she was always in the Beast movies. She was uh, Dee Dee or Dolores. Yes. And so they could actually refer to her as Annette. So they do call her uh, by her name Annette. And that's how everybody knew her anyway from the Mickey Mouse Club and and all that. So that was like the bonus that they could actually call her Annette. But yeah, he was referred to as Annette's husband in the credits. But yeah, largely the Big Kahuna, which was hilarious. (laughs) And every variation thereof. Uh, but anyway, so that- what I wanted to bring up of what we have one of your regular guests has in common is the cinematographer, the DP for Back of the Beach mm-hmm. was the famous Bruce Surtees, who was the DP on Beverly Hills Cop.
1: Caught-
2: oh. oh he also did all the he did all the Clint Eastwood movies, like all of them. Uh, and he did, uh, bad boys. He did, um, big Wednesday. Boys. <laughs> yeah, he did uh, risky business, I think. Wow. Yeah. He was a big DP. I don't, I don't know how we, how we got him, but yeah, he was great. <laughs> well, it's Beverly Hills cup was paramount. So he yeah, might've so be the same. Yeah.
1: Might've been under That's contract to right. them, mm-hmm. especially if he did Beverly Hills cup too. Cause that was the same year as, I don't think he did Beverly Hills Cop 2. I
2: think he just did the first one.
1: Oh, well, that's really interesting. That's that's a nice bit of research that
0: you've done. Yeah, I, I, like yeah
2: it. I did. Well, um, speaking
0: of, uh, of of people who crossed over, there's there's quite a number of cameos in this one. Yeah, Pee-wee Herman. Yeah, that is <laughs> that a, is Paul the Rubens. One which I just I I didn't get more than any else was why the hell is Pee-wee Herman here? Why is he singing Surfing Bird? <laughs> He's not in earlier in the film.
2: This is a. This I asked that a, in
1: a movie theater once. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. You know, I think that that was one thing that um, about the movie, because I, I, I actually think that it holds up actually really well, I think, mm. because it really is. Uh, campy. If, if you're trying to find anything else in it more than just campy family fun, uh then you're you're gonna come up short. It, it really is just pure campy fun. And it's actually I actually think like I was I was re-watching one of the scenes uh where they come to their place, which is like this cool place that's on the on the pier yeah, there. It is actually yeah and she actually he actually has Little Bobby ramming his head (laughs) into the door. Oh my God! And it was just there was just a lot of stuff like that, and it was actually like really, like really interesting, funny. And the idea that you know Zed was the bad guy, and yet he shows up to, he shows up to the pajama party. Yeah, and he's like not some evil lascivious dude he's just a dude that's just having fun. And then they say, you better leave. And he's like, okay, see ya. Yeah. I mean, and then right at the one. end
0: where he's having, where he's having the surf off. Yeah. And then as soon as you notice a wave coming in, he's like, dude, come back in, come back yeah. in. For God's sake, you're going <laughs> to hurt yourself. But so, yeah, you know, it's, it just goes to prove that, you know, there's a little bit of depth to these characters, but I will say this. though, so, talking about campy fun, my favorite joke in the entire movie is where he's on the surfboard at the end and it's just the, the painfully obvious rear screen projection <laughs> and then at one point he then switches and he's, he's hitting golf clubs, he's hitting golf balls off the top <laughs> of the surfboard and then someone comes into shot and asks for his autograph and it suddenly turns into a Zucker film or a <laughs> Mel Brooks film I was, I did have a good laugh at that one I'm not going to yeah. lie
1: <laughs> that, that got me as well when I first yeah. saw it
0: um, yeah obviously uh, I love uh, that. They, lean into, they lean into the absurdity of it all because they know that's, that it looks terrible but then they make a joke out of it which is brilliant
2: yeah and I think that's why for me uh, it still holds up because they did lean into it I mean they did I mean you have you know Fishbone a ska punk band yeah. you know and they're in it and they're dancing and she's dancing in like a, a pink and black mm. polka dot wetsuit it's got like a little little skirt on it you know singing Jamaican ska I mean yeah. that's just a lot of you know it's just a whole lot of, of of crazy and they were unafraid as as you said to to lean into it um but they were really just fun to work with you know Annette uh, made a point to 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 seek me out on my first day on the set. And, you know, we, I was in the smallest little honey wagon and she had a huge RV and she said, hey, welcome to the set. So happy to have you. But I'm going to be on the set all day. So please, I know you, I got you in one of those little honey wagons. Please come and stay in my in, in, in my uh, RV the rest of the day. I got it stocked with food and beverages. Just help yourself, make yourself at home. Oh, that's and like, that's the kind of person that she was. Yeah.
1: And, and the, the kind of sadness around it, obviously, I don't know if we mentioned this uh, the last time we had you on. Um, Annette, around the time of this movie, is when she came down with multiple sclerosis. Yep. Uh, during the filming, uh, they, they kind of kept it quiet during the entire yep. production. And then after the filming, is when it became public. Yep. And uh, she had said that, you know, it was extremely long filming days that they had that kind of exasperated it a little bit. So, I mean, were were you kind of aware or did you find out afterwards?
2: I found out afterwards. I didn't know. She was so kind to me. And, you know, I had actually had written her a letter, uh, a longish letter that I wanted to send to her. And, you know, you don't know how to write something like that to somebody. And, you know, I was twenty you know seven when i shot that uh 20 i was 26 um and i don't know you know how do you write a letter like that do, do you send a letter like that and it was just and i i held on to that letter and I'd, I'd re i'd rewrite it a little bit i'd tweak it as the years go by and i just and i just kind of wanted to send it and i just i just i could never do it and then of course then she did she did pass and I was just something that to this day, I still regret that I never, you know, she invite her and her husband, Glenn, they train uh, pacers, you know, that pull a little buggy. Mm. Um, you know, they raced those at that Santa Anita, And they always invited me to, to join them and to that. And I, I never took her up on it and yeah. So there's just one of those things you just look back and go, Oh God, I just didn't let that happen. But, you know, uh, but it was great. Everybody was wonderful. Um, I'm just trying to think of, uh, you know, Okay, I will say, because since I brought the conversation down, uh, (laughs) there was there was one more thing that that was a first time for me was uh, when I'm carrying the board. I'm carrying my surfboard. She's kicking me out. The parents Mm -hmm. are coming uh, and I have the surfboard and apparently they were running out of time and they had to go for lunch. And so I'm like, okay, well, make she goes, don't Tommy, we have to shoot it right now. We don't have time. I go, I know, but I don't know if I'm gonna do it in my right hand, my left hand, you know, do I do it in four paces? Do I do it in six? You know, do I turn around? She goes, Tommy, we don't have time, just do it. I go, but I don't know how she goes, to Tommy, do it. And I just did it. And they shot it, and everybody ran off to lunch. And I went into the bathroom that was right there, and I just started crying. Just I just started sobbing because I had never had that experience as an actor in my life. And it's, you know, there's a, a crew full of people and, and it was, that was a tough one, but uh, you know, you, you learn stuff and we're, we're, we're still, I, I understand it more now because uh, that was just my third job in my first movie. Um, so I was really the young gun, but um, yeah, fun stories. Well, you did absolutely
1: fantastic and to be honest i mean i've got a real guilty pleasure of this movie and i love discovering um all the movies especially you know hidden gems of the 80s and i think this kind of falls into that and people now are just starting to rediscover it and it is a very kind of innocent movie in a way and it's one that you can happily watch uh with the kids you've got if you love your music you've got dick dale and stevie ray vaughn like Jamming out some great tracks. Great and one thing I really got
0: was, to ask- was, was: was that D. Snyder? No. no, no. Okay, yeah. The, the, there's the scene where where um where Annette's husband wakes up after a night on the source, and and there's a guy who jumps off the top of uh of the of the bunk, bunk. with yep. with round glasses on. It looks so yep. much like D. Snyder. I wanted to ask. Glad he cleared that up.
2: Get no, he and- was he was actually in a in a punk band a surf punk band for real and i can't remember what his name was but uh yeah but he was a real he was a real musician and in, in a in a punk singer for sure yeah right yeah so there's
1: really one question here before i kind of wrap up on back to the beach um at any time on the entire set did you see any jars of Skippy peanut butter <laughs>
2: uh no, I did not, and not in her RV either. Uh, <laughs> but I did. I did see that scene. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, that was that was that was funny. Um, yeah. In case don't know, that.
1: Steve, she was the uh, kind of spokesman I, for Skippy peanut butter. I know, kind know. of guessed. Don't ask yeah. me why. I, 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 I just I, have I, this vision that, that she gifted everybody with a jar of Skippy peanut butter at the end of the shoot. Or something like that. It's okay, still in some people's picture- drawers to this day.
0: All the picture <laughs> right now is just like the line of the extras at the end of the day. Okay, how much do we owe you? Seventeen dollars forty. And there's your money, and here's a jar of peanut butter.
2: Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would have been hilarious.
1: One of yeah. the amazing things here about this movie that many people may not realize: this movie got two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert.
2: Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, oh. it didn't get one. It didn't get one from Steve. But yeah, Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up. I I never, I, I, there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll do it that for the lack of uh, context for British viewers, but there you go.
1: Well, that's it from uh, back to the beach. Obviously, Steve is a bit indifferent due to his philistinal knowledge of uh, the American surf movie. But any excuse to have Tommy Hinkley back with us is a true bonus. I did
0: recognise Don Adams, though. Get Mark, Yeah. (laughs) Inspector Gadget.
1: Uh, Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. You you got me on that. Whoa. Not Matthew Broderick? (laughs) I'm shocked. No. No. Okay. (laughs) With what's in the box gonna over with there? I guess it's time to see into some anniversaries. Stop laughing, Steve. It's no laughing
0: matter. <laughs> Very unprofessional.
2: We watch them again all of the time, or we get them on prime for free. But we only know how old they are when we learn their anniversary.
1: <laughs> the anniversaries. That part of the show every week where you start to feel really, really old. As yes. we tell you, the movies that were released in decades past on this very week and give you a little bit of history about it. Uh, You've got to feel really old when I pull the first one out. I think all of us are going to feel that much older. Uh, okay. Can you believe, Steve, in 1994 this week, 30 years ago, ace ventura pet detective was released oh Oh my
0: god (laughs) oh my god i remember seeing this at the cinema yeah (laughs) how has that been 30
2: years ace ventura pet detective was that kind of his first big movie that kind of unleashed him upon the world it was was, his his breakout movie lead yeah 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 Yeah, i
1: mean he'd been in such things as uh once been uh peggy sue got married earth Earth girls are easy (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the Deadpool, funnily enough, he's in a little bit of a Dirty Harry movie. And wait,
2: um, wait, 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 was he in Earth Girls Are Easy? Yes, yeah. he was. Was that the one with uh, Gina Hayden. Davis? Yeah, Gina yeah. Davis. Okay, you know who directed that? It was shit. Ch- Ch- What's her name? Julian hmm. Temple. Julian Temple, yeah. Who did uh, Absolute Beginners? I met him. I read for one of the parts in Earth Girls Are Easy. I had just had my wisdom teeth pulled. The side of my face was huge. I had four wisdom teeth impacted. Had to pull them all. My face is huge. I went to the audition anyway, and he cast me in that movie. And my agent is like, I think we can get more money than we're offering. I went, okay. And they moved on to the next guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was obviously Jim Carrey. Uh, Ace Ventura was the big break for Jim Carrey and the director, Tom Shadyak. Mm. Uh, not Tom Kadishak, Tom Shadyak. Uh, so <laughs> Say this that was, five times fast. Yes, and this was from Morgan Cheap, or Morgan Creek as they're professionally known, Morgan Cheap. <laughs> um, who had this project for quite a while. Uh, this was a script that was bounding around for quite a while. Uh, but both Tom Shadyak and Jim Carrey genuinely believed that this movie was going to end their careers as they were making it. They they were in full belief. So they decided, you know what, we're going to steer right into the skid on it and
0: just go all out uh, and just have fun with it. Now... It it worked. I mean, that year, Jim Carrey just did... uh, You had this, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber. In the same year. In the same year, on the bounce. I don't think there's anybody really that's had that kind of a success. No, it made him uh, the
1: second highest grossing actor in Hollywood in 1994 from those three films, his breakout year. He was so lucky to get all three of those films and all three of them became massive hits that year. And uh, he was only behind Tom Hanks at the box office. Jim Carrey was never intended to be Ace Ventura. Do you know who the person they went to who ultimately turned it down?
2: I'm going to guess. I'm gonna guess Robin Williams.
1: Nope. The person who dropped out was Rick Moranis.
2: Really? Oh
1: wow, that yeah. would be a very different movie. A different Marais, movie. Uh, so Rick Moranis turned it down. Then Adam Sandler turned it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Alan Greer turned it down. Uh, no. The role was also offered to Judd Nelson, Rob Schneider, <laughs> Alan Rickman. Oh. <laughs>
0: Oh, you mean? all right oh, yes. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, it was it's also a dolphin, not a purpose. Finkle <laughs> <laughs> is Einhorn. <laughs> I, I could do that all day. I really could. Uh, also,
1: they were going to change uh, the gender for Whoopi Goldberg to be a Ventura. We've already um... had
0: Theodore Rex. We don't need her being a detective yeah. again.
1: Oh God. Oh, God, we'd all forgotten about that. Uh, and one actor in particular lobbied very hard for that role, but was surprisingly was turned down. But the, I'll tell you the reason why. The, the person who lobbied extremely hard for the role of Ace Ventura was... John Young. No. <laughs> it was... Are you ready for this? Yeah. Lord. It was Jack Lemmon. Jack Lemon lobbied hard for this role
0: and he was turned down because of his age. Oh, can you imagine if he'd got the part and Walter Mattower played Einhorn? <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, dear.
1: Uh, I just watched right. Jack Lemon and Twelve Angry Men the other
0: day. I'm never gonna get that out of my head now. Such a good film. Um, um it, yeah, it's it's a really, really funny film. I I I I can't, I've lost count of the number of times I used to watch this on repeat when I got the VHS. Yeah. Um, ending in 2024 doesn't hold up well.
1: Not mm. really.
0: It's it's quite a troublesome ending in today's climate.
1: There is a lot of criticism from the yeah. LBGC community because of transphobia. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think a lot of it is probably justified. But I, I think with a lot of things... And I have always said this kind of stuff, you have to have a look at it in the time frame that it was made. Yeah. At the time as, as you should with everything. Yeah, not that I'm condoning it, but at the time it was more acceptable to go after that joke. Jim Carrey was a front
1: runner for Dr. Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. And losing out to Jeff Goldblum. So he was in the running for that role. The story of Ace Ventura gets more and more bizarre as we go on. Trust me. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's how it starts. Ooh, ah. And then later on, there's running and screaming.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's actually pretty good.
1: Thank you. After doing all my research, I needed to have a look at this even more. And I did notice some things. Um, For one on Einhorn's desk in the scene where she kisses him and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, you know, your gun is poking into my hip. Uh, if you look <laughs> on her desk, she has a very well-placed uh, uh, oranges and banana that kind of gives
0: away <laughs> the ending. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it's slightly suggestive, shall we say. It is very suggestive. <laughs> um, also, how
1: can we not mention that Randall Tex Cobb opens this movie.
2: Oh, and, uh,
1: I was always wondering about why the character had black eyes um, from doing a bit of research. Apparently he showed up to set those black eyes. Apparently he'd been in some uh, bar scuffles before the shooting day. <laughs> he just showed up with the black eyes that he has in that movie before it became a Ventura Pet Detective and this script was around for quite a while. Uh, it almost ended up as an Ernest P. Warrell movie. Oh my uh, God. The script oh. almost got retconned into a uh, Ernest Saves Animals, I guess, or okay. Ernest okay.
2: Saves
1: I... or something like that. Kind of um, see
0: that.
2: I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be as good, but yeah. yeah.
1: But yes, uh, the movie had a $15 million budget, uh, starring. Um, I think Sean Young and maybe Tone Lowe were the only really known people in it. Yeah. Uh, Courtney Cox, of course, was in it. Uh, she has apparently
0: refused to watch the movie ever again.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that good was good
0: time making it. That was Courtney Cox just before Friends. Her stock just was not Friends. high. Yeah, at all.
1: exactly. But the movie on a fifteen million budget made one hundred and seven million. Mm, wow. A. Re- You know, it was a ridiculous hit. It was huge. You know, it beat movies like The Naked Gun 33 and a third. And Tom Shaddeck and Jim Carrey, apparently, after this film became a hit, they had 150 offers of projects landing on their doorstep. (laughs) That Everyone wanted them. They they were that hot. And when you consider that Jim Carrey was probably number 16 or 17 on the gold sheet for that role, you know, and they went to practically every other actor uh beforehand it's quite something as i said it was the start of the, the trifecta for jim carrey that year with uh, the mask and dumb and dumber and then he went into batman and robin the cable guy of course tommy which you were in yourself thank you mm-hmm. yeah thank you See, there was a segue coming up there uh, <laughs> the critics hated ace ventura Across the board, the critics thought it was dumb and stupid and, you know, it was just a a mugging movie and everything. But there was a real tonal shift in comedy at that time. And this was the first real shift in that comedy. And adolescents were really latching onto it. We all knew the catchphrases. I mean, we were in school around the time. So uh, it,
0: it was everywhere. Alrighty
1: then, that was the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Alrighty then. Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, obviously, that led to Ace Ventura when nature calls. Um, mm. There was obviously a, a Ace Ventura Junior movie that
0: Warner Brothers. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, An animated son series. Of the mass
1: territory. And uh, Jim Carrey has they've approached him to come back and do Ace Ventura a number of times, but he's always turned it down. But now. Ace Ventura is being rebooted at Amazon, uh, and it's being written by the writers of the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. So it's going to be interesting, at least. But uh, do they have a star attached yet? No. Yeah, you, you've got a chance, Tommy. Go for it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll be just like Jack Lemmon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good work. Well yes, um just to make you feel extre- extremely old, Ace Ventura is 30 years old this week. Wow. I have a feeling that both of you are going to react very positively to this one. 10 years ago this week, the Lego movie was released. <laughs> yes, the Lego movie. Uh directed God, by Lord 10 and years Miller. already. 10 years, yeah. Yeah, directed by Lord and Miller. It's the best movie they've ever done. I don't get what you say. The, the Lego movie <laughs> is hilarious. It absolutely is. It really uh, is. With a, a huge wave of vocal talent uh, in there. So you got, you know, Chris Pratt. Uh, also, you have Will Farrell in there. Uh, you also have <laughs> Elizabeth Banks in there. Um, oh, I love her. Love Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, She's yeah. so good. She's very good. Um, you know, Probably one of the best things since The Hunger Games because I, I think she's amazing in The Hunger Games and, and that's the uh,
0: Elizabeth Banks' role that I really appreciate.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I like Zach and Miriam make a porno but that's for different reasons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: th- this has uh, some noticeable things about it. For one, in his entire career the Lego movie was the first animated film that Morgan Freeman put his voice to. Mm. That's surprising, actually. Yeah, yeah very yeah. surprising. Uh, I, I I was disputing it at first, and then I was going through. I was like, no, he must have voiced something. And then you get too used to him doing the voiceover for pretty much everything that you yeah. honestly believe he's yeah. done something animated. Uh, this was also March the, of the f-
0: Penguins and stuff.
1: Mar- yeah, March yeah. of the Penguins, especially. Uh, this was the first movie that was produced by Warner Animation Group. So this was the
0: the new group for Warner Animation. This was yeah. Their- yeah, because prior to that, it was just Warner Animation, wasn't it? Yes. And then they rebranded. Yeah, I remember. I remember because the the shield when that turns around at the beginning of the movies, it's got this Warner Animation the wag. Yes. Thing which is different. Yeah, exactly. It, um, it's a great. It's a great movie. It's it's such a fun concept, and the way that it's executed, particularly the second half, that you're listening, Ryan Johnson. That is how you subvert <laughs> expectations. That's <your laughs> reference of the week. <laughs> you don't destroy 40 years' worth of franchise. No, that is how you do it.
1: Well, I've got a kind of note on that in a minute. But I will say, um, Warner Brothers had very little confidence in this film that it would make any money. That they refused to fully finance it. Village Roadshow had to come up with fifty percent of the financing for this project because right. they genuinely believed this was not going to be a hit, right. which is bizarre to think about now, when you realise that this was a, a sixty to sixty-five million budget. This movie made four hundred and sixty-eight point one million on its release.
2: Whoa! Wow. Way before I had no Barbie idea.
1: became way before Barbie became this huge thing, the real toy that made that money was the Lego movie. And mm. I, I
0: think more than anything else, it is that key it's that key balancing point between having something that the kids are gonna like and having something that the grown ups are gonna like. Yes. And it, it hits it perfectly. That's more hilarious. to the point is more to the point as well, it's, it's actually quite an intelligent movie. And yes. all joking aside, it does that twist. It does subvert your expectations. Horrible phrase, I know. But it does it <laughs> in such a wonderful way.
2: Have you seen this, Tommy? Uh, I actually have not seen the Lego movie. Oh, uh Now, said... I feel like I've seen it because, you know, there are so many scenes and highlights that come up all over the place. That I I feel like I've seen it, but I have not. I'm surprised on how popular the toy Legos remain today. Oh yeah, like they're as big as ever. I mean, there there's a couple theme parks. I mean, there's uh, you see them at the Super Bowl at, at any sporting event. That they have some kind of a structure that's made 100 percent out of Legos. That's like you know huge. It, it, it's really quite a marketing thing that they've been able to uh, establish uh, Legos.
0: Yeah, I... I think I think it's because more than anything else, it's, it's the ultimate toy that lets you create everything. Everybody can do it and I think that's why it's so successful mm-hmm. to this day. There is mm-hmm. no entry barrier. The only entry barrier is what you've got up here. And if you can think mm-hmm. it, you can build it. Yes, mm-hmm. that's very true.
1: And um, you know, Lord and Miller behind this movie. Um, there's so much love to pop culture and everything else in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, for one, I had the little Lego space man set. And yes, the helmet <laughs> did crack at the chin, but it's like in the movie, he has that crack <laughs> because it was the most common complaint in that Lego thing. And I absolutely <laughs> love that. Uh, oh, that's it's genius. Cool. It's a CGI movie, but it's CGI it's as stop motion. It's right? great. So, yeah, you and honestly believe stop motion film, but it's all CGI'd, and it, and it is brilliant
0: the way that they've done it. If I you get the chance e- to see it in 3D as well, that is that looks best. at its best. It properly it pops right off the screen or into the screen, whichever way it just pops. It looks great. I will also <laughs> say,
1: all respect to Mr. Clooney, but the Lego Movie has the most underrated Batman of all time. Oh,
2: right, <laughs> but, no, that's what people say. Hundred yeah. Le- percent. Lego Batman. Steals what, what, the was entire that, what, movie. What was that? Will Arnett? Will, Will Arnett. Arnett,
1: yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. made a He got his own spin-off movie, the Lego Batman yeah. movie. Yeah,
0: um, Second best one.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll say it. Uh, because you have um obviously you have the link to Star Wars in there. So this movie Ooh. is really a multiverse movie because you have Harry Potter franchise, you have the DC franchise, you have Star Wars characters uh, who are owned oh, by Fox the of the Rings, but or Lucasfilm but Disney only a week at the most after the people at the Lego movie and Warner Brothers got permission to use Star Wars characters. The week later is when Disney bought Star Wars. So they just got that permission right in time. Wonder Woman appears uh, in this and it's voiced by uh, Kobe Smulders, who at one point, was originally supposed to be the live-action Wonder Woman before Gal Gadot came along. Oh, Canada. Yes. Uh, But Wonder Woman in the Lego movie is the first ever time Wonder Woman has appeared in a movie. Wait, what do you... Really? What do you mean? Yes. So the character of Wonder Woman in any form has never been in a movie before the Lego movie.
2: That's We're so all weird. To think now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, that just doesn't seem right. But Linda uh, I can't come never
1: up. appeared in a movie and Gal Gadot came afterwards. So the Lego movie is the debut of Wonder Woman in a big screen feature. Holy crapple. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Quite a shock, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yes, uh on release, the Lego movie uh became the most commercially successful Warner Brothers animated film of all time, and the most critically acclaimed since the Iron Giant was released. Wow, that's that's high price. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And it is worth it. Was not expecting it to be as funny as it was, was not expecting it to be as well uh, directed and produced as it was, was not expecting the animation to be as good as it was, considering that everything is like you say, it's this stop motion. Kind of feel to it, but yeah, it it it, yeah, definitely track it down. And this isn't just for you, Tommy. This is for everyone else who hasn't seen it. Track it down. It's easy. It's out there. Yeah, it's got to be on. And I I want to hear, Tommy. I want to hear what you think about it.
2: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well,
1: that is the anniversaries for this week. A bit short and sweet. So, uh, Steve, there's only one question left to ask.
2: What's in the box? What's in the box?
0: What's in the box? What's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? The part What's of the show in that... the box? Yes. <laughs> the part of the show that Andy likes to torture me with. See yeah. you say that. You
1: say that. But, you know, you enjoy them as much as you, uh, hate. you know, you find some real gems
0: hours. That's all I'm going to say.
1: <laughs> Until the end of the
0: world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Five I Island love. version. Jeez. Ah, right. right. Well, uh, for those of you who don't know what What's in the Box is all about, let me break it down for you. Um, Andy is going to pull out the name of two movies from a little box that he has over there on his side of the screen. Now, these movies are certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, or Andy has certified them in interesting enough to pull out and just let us see what they're all about he's gonna put (laughs) i'm glad you like that uh he's gonna put his hand into the box and pull out the name of a film now if i have seen it then he's gonna keep delving into the box to pull out names of films until we find those that i haven't seen and then i've got to go away and watch them before we record our next episode so just like at the start of this episode we had wedding crashes and back to the beach This could be anything, could be drama, could be sci-fi, could be comedy, could be anything at all. It's the look of the draw. Yes. So with that in mind, let's cue the music. Thank you, Bruce. Okay. (laughs) So we're going for number
1: one. Let's have a look.
0: Please be short, please be short, please be short, please be short. Okay,
1: so, number one this week. Okay. Oh, uh, that's a, a nice segue, actually. It should be uh, quite nice. Uh, for one, it is a shorter movie, which is good. Uh, and it's animated. And okay. it's from Warner Brothers. Okay. Steve, first of all, and I know you haven't seen it already, so I know you're watching this one. Uh from DC animation. Your first movie is Justice League versus the Fatal 5.
0: Okay, no. No, I haven't. No, I haven't seen that one. Okay. Did you ever see the Justice League cartoon when it came on? Uh, no, I was a little bit too old at the time that that came out. It, that, that kind of passed passed pass me by. That was on Cartoon Network or whatever it was at the time and I wasn't I wasn't okay. Well, it hey, it's one you can watch with the kids it better, is, it, you know? is it a J.O. joint? He may have
1: storyboarded on it You never know He didn't direct it, okay. I don't believe But, okay. um, he you know He sometimes works on the storyboard side Okay, so that's one That's one Well, so
0: far Let's go for number two Maybe watch the kids Maybe watch that with the kids Yeah, why not Ooh, okay Ooh,
1: okay I wonder, is this 2007?
0: (laughs) Could be. No, not another one from 2007. (laughs) Please, dear God. (laughs) Okay. To be fair, it's been a while since 2007's come out. The movie stars Halle Berry.
1: Okay. Benicio Del Toro. Okay. David Duchovny. And it's called Things We Lost in the Fire. I've never even heard of it. No, no, I haven't seen that one. Okay, well, there there we go. They rings a bell, but I've not seen it. First two out of the box. Justice Uh. League versus the Fatal Five and Things We Lost in the Fire. So you've got something to watch with the kids and something to watch with the missus. There you go.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Will you be joining us on this watch-along, Tommy? Well, not not necessarily here, but will you be watching these movies
2: as well? Uh, I will go. I, I, you know what? I'm going to focus on Lego, on on the Lego yeah. movie.
1: That's a good, good choice. Go call. I want to hear about it, and, if, and as soon as you report back, I'm going to let people know on the show what you thought of it. Yeah, uh, I know you like your humor, so you'll laugh. Um, yeah. Okay, so Tommy, uh what's been going on, dude? I, I know that uh, back in November we just missed each other, kind of, when I was in LA. It was the every opportunity that you were gonna be there when I was there and yeah. We just missed each yeah. other.
2: Yeah, it was fun. You know, I I shot a um I shot a commercial out there that was a little bit different. Uh I shot a commercial for Walmart. Um, but it wasn't your typical commercial. They shot it like a Hallmark Christmas movie. So I was out there for a month uh shooting this um movie uh christmas movie that they were going to break into a bunch of like 23 spots and the idea was that you could anything that we wore was something that you could buy at walmart and the idea was on your screen uh you could click on it and then it would take up your screen and then while you're watching the scene you could move your mouse and click on an item of clothing and buy it right there on the spot. Nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh so I played. I'm hoping a, that's uh, not what
1: that thumbs up was a minute ago. This is building.
2: again. <laughs> <laughs> uh but it was a fun shoot, you know. Um oh you would you would appreciate this. The uh there is a lens that a famous uh, cinematographer, English, uh, developed, called The Dunstan Eye. All right. And his daughter, uh, Erica uh, Dunstan, uh, she's directed uh, The Americans, that TV series The Americans, oh, yeah. One Tree Hill, and she uh, was hired to direct this, and she was amazing to work with. Um, That's and... Exactly. Uh, yeah, so it was it was fun, and it's been uh, it's been running. It was a holiday spot, so I don't know that it still runs, but um, yeah, but it was a lot of fun and and uh, great working with Erica, and then they have a bunch of uh, young great actors. Uh, Caitlin Sparks um, was fantastic as the lead. I think she's going to be a real up and comer. Caitlin Sparks, um, but yeah, so it was, but I was sorry that we just didn't go just a tiny bit longer because I could have seen you.
1: I know. Me and Rana Glickman there at the Smokehouse saying,
2: Tommy oh. is
1: seriously being missed. We, we had a great night as well. Rana is absolutely amazing. So, yeah, you were the focus of our conversation pretty much nearly all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she's a special human being, though, honestly. Very, yeah. very special. I know she's watching now because she knows you're on. So, there you go. We just embarrassed her.
2: <laughs>
1: Hi. <laughs> Hi, Rana. Um, Well, um, it's, it's fantastic. We always love having you back, and I know it's not going to be too long before we've got you back again. Uh, especially when it's time to call on Team Mirisch to face Team yes. Hennessy. Ooh, <laughs> between George
0: Gallo and Richard Mirish. that's a face-off. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, uh, the the East Coast versus the West Coast going on there. There's going to be some beef, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure, yeah. definitely. Holy hell! But
1: um, we're glad you're doing well. It's great having you as the first kind of guest that we've done on the new year run of shows, and um, we just want to say thank you very much. So, Steve, where can people find us?
0: yes uh flittering up at some point on the screen i'm not sure where because i've not edited this video at the time of recording uh will be (laughs) links to all the socials we're on facebook we're on twitter we're on reddit we're on linkedin we're on uh pick a social platform chances are we're there we're probably even on tumblr you know we've got a myspace page likely or not i don't know it's glittery and gives you a seizure every time you try and log in that's all i know um
1: we are we are the type of show that now we get people poaching our name on youtube yes Yeah. we we see you on there who mr pottywood who's come on and suddenly decided to latch on to all of our momentum
0: yeah yeah there's only uh, one pottywood
1: people. and it's copyrighted by uh, the way and I will say to this, myself
0: though, hello to everybody uh in uh india and indonesia i know we've got yes. some big supporters out there hi guys um uh, <laughs> Um, But yes, we're not him He's not us Just uh, sign into those accounts That I just mentioned Or even better, why don't you sign into Patreon account Uh And thereby you can For the price of a cup of coffee a month Get elongated versions Of these shows, you can also get the shows A little bit earlier And don't tell anyone else But you can also get exclusive content
1: Yes and the good thing is, for the price of coffee, you can hear us say the word without it being bleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because
1: YouTube are a bunch of That's the busts. price of admission alone. <laughs> yes. If you should tune into the John Ashton episode where he talks about him and Robert De Niro. We broke the record. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. However, with that in mind and bringing in our ears, our, our virginal ears, um, I just want to say, Tommy, it is great having you back on the show. You're always a, a bright breath of fresh air in this uh in, in our series. So thank you very much for coming along and spending yeah, some it's time. It's always a with pleasure, you
2: guys. I, I really, really enjoy doing the show with you guys. We always have a lot of fun and I'm I'm always learning something as well. Just it's 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 really an educational program. It is. It really is.
0: <laughs> if only we could get the grants.
2: Hey, you guys, take care. Have have a good one, and we'll see you soon.
1: See you soon, Tommy. Take care. Bye. And as for everybody else, we'll see you next week. Bye.